ladies and gentlemen. It is my honor to present to you your hosts for the Married with Board Games podcast, Spencer and Laura Williams. Hello, everyone. I'm Spencer. I'm Laura. And this is the Married with Board Games podcast, episode 19. And we are, as we said, Spencer and Laura Williams. Look at that. Okay. Well, we have a very exciting episode for you today. And it's only episode 19. And it is only episode 19. I mean, that's amazing. We might be setting ourselves up for disaster here. Uh-oh. Let's, you know? let's hope not. <laughs> we we got to be better each time. Yep. We do. Whew. Well, I mean, so here's the bar that we have set, right? We have a special guest today. Mm-hmm. And that is Mr. Jason Katarski, publisher of Green Couch Games. Mm-hmm. Their specialty is filler games. So we had him on the show today to talk so that we can discuss filler games yeah. and give our top five filler games. Each of us are going to go around the well around the table, kind of, because he was in another state. But uh, <laughs> look forward to that towards the end of the episode. Actually, our conversation with him was so awesome. It went for an hour. Yeah. We had so much fun talking to Jason. And he, um, I mean, this is one you're really going to want to listen to. Oh, yeah. He has so many great things to say, not only about green couch games, but just about filler games in general. So that top five, you're going to want to have your pen and paper handy to write down some titles here. But, I mean, also, they've got some exciting things coming up for this oh, year, yeah. too. And I can't wait for y'all to hear those. Yes. So, um, because that is so long, um, we're kind of kind of... Uh, make this first part of the podcast shorter. We're only going to talk about one game, sad, I know, and then we're going to do away with game, game Night Grub this week. <gasps> no, we're not doing away with it. It is cut for time. Well, postpone, yeah. Yes. Okay, however you want to phrase it. Because, you guys, I did some great research on this she, one. She did. And now, and now on the fly, he's saying we're cut for time. Yeah. So y'all just, y'all just start imagining what it could be. <laughs> we saved it for episode 20. Hey. Where awesome things are happening. Awesome. Speaking of... Reminder, episode 20, we uh, introduce our new segment that we're really excited about that y'all are going to uh, gonna love. It's going to be so awesome. <laughs> we so, hope you love it. <laughs> so in two weeks, in two weeks, we release episode 20. So I hope you're waiting on bated breath for that. And secondly, we're also, as hard as it is to believe, we're coming up on our anniversary of this podcast. Ah, that's crazy. Now, it's a few months away. Yeah. Um, but we're getting close. Yeah. And... Yeah, after having done this for a year, we really want to reach out to you guys, everybody that's listening, and find out what you like, what you don't like about the podcast. Maybe you have some ideas. Maybe there's something that we do and you're like, I really wish they didn't do that. Maybe you skip something every episode. Or maybe there's something that you wish we did more of. Exactly. So we have put together a survey. Um, It's a 10-question survey. It's very quick to take. There's just check some boxes and maybe fill out some things. And if you take this survey and you enter your name, your first name, I don't care about your last name, and your email address, if you put that information, you'll be entered to win a copy of one of the Exit the Game Escape Room Game series from Cosmos Games. Wow. Yes. Um, there are three different ones in English. If you're in another language, then we can work something out. Um, but you can, have, you can have your pick of which one you want. And if you've played all of them, well, we'll work something else out too <laughs> if you win. So go take that survey. Now, if you're worried about hurting our feelings, don't. The answers and the emails are separate, so they're not linked. So we so, don't know who said those ugly yeah, things about us. All we know is that <laughs> you have entered, that you have... Uh, submitted your answers. So we're looking for constructive criticism. 
Yes. Um, saying nice things or saying bad things about us is not going to hurt your chances of winning the game. Or, or hurt our feelings. Yes. So just, we want to know. Be we honest. Because we want to make this the best podcast for you. Yes. So um, to find that survey, it's going to be in the show notes for this episode. So if you're looking at this on iTunes, just scroll down through the description. There'll be a link there. It'll also be on our website. And the show notes there will make a separate posting on our website, make it easy for you to find. And also we've posted all of our social media channels. And we'll give you the names of those channels at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. So speaking of exit the game yes. from Cosmos, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like... We should tell a little more about that game. Yeah. May give them some incentive to enter this contest to win. Yes. Okay. So we've talked about on this podcast the es escape room, the game mm -hmm. that we've played before. And then this new series has come out, Exit, the game. Mm -hmm. um, and it's actually been nominated for Spiel des Jahres oh. um, over in Germany. Um, and so we were really excited to try this. We love escape rooms, as you probably have heard. Well, yeah, that, that's a really hot thing right now, and I think it's becoming a hot thing in board gaming just mm -hmm. because, you know, you've got the escape room, the game that we talked about, Exit, there are several others. Yes, Unlock. Um, even before all these, there was that um, Stargazer's Mansion or whatever yeah. that was. Um, there, And I remember the first time I saw that, I went, huh, interesting concept, an escape room in a box. Right. And then... Boom, here they all come. And I think I don't I think we're just beginning to see I don't think we've met the crest of this wave oh, yet. No, not I yet. think I think we're gonna start seeing them a lot more. So totally. We wanna get y'all in on it now. Yeah. And so we tested out two different mm -hmm. versions, two different storylines. Right. So right now there are three in English. Mm -hmm. Um there is the abandoned cabin. Yes. There is the Pharaoh's tomb. Mm-hmm. And then there is the secret lab, I think is what it's called. Oh, Some okay. kind of lab. Uh, and we've done the cabin. We don't know it because that's the one we haven't played. Right. We've <laughs> done the abandoned cabin and Pharaoh's tomb. Um, Laura, do you want to give a basic overview of these games? Right. We need to stick with basic because we yeah. don't want to give anything away. Exactly. Um It's a smaller box. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to go look for these at your FLGS... You're going to want to look, possibly, if this is how they sort their stuff, over near the small box games. And um, what you do is you open your box. The first thing you have are the rules, and it tells you, do not look in this box. Read this first. And so you're going to read through your rules, and they're going to break it down for you that in your box you have a booklet of some kind. Um, and maybe it could possibly be like a diary or a journal or a notebook. Um, of somebody who has been in this room before you and some kind of disc that has um, several different wheels on it of different sizes. So th that'll be the kind of thing that you're going to be lining stuff up. Um, and then there are two decks of cards. Uh, sorry, three, three decks of mm -hmm. cards. There is the deck of clues. Those are um, alphabetic. And then there's um, an answer deck. Uh, the sorry, the clues are red back. The answer deck are blue back, and they are numbered. And then there's also a deck of green backed cards, and those are your hint cards um, that try to. If you get stuck on something, they can help you uh, with proceeding on to the next step. And they do it in three kind of three tiers. They do a first one of just telling you, okay, you need to have this 
clue card and this page of your notebook in order to solve this puzzle. Um, different things like that, very broad. And then you can go on to the next card that tells you, okay, so with those things, here's what you need to do. And then there's a finally, there's a solution card if you just simply cannot solve that puzzle. And it, it tells you mm-hmm. what the answer was. Um, what you're going to do is you're going to go through all of those and you're going to use every single clue card in that deck. It doesn't all, I don't think it always goes to Z. No. I, I don't remember actually any, either of the games that we've played, the um, Abandoned Cabin or Pharaoh's Tomb, um, it going to Z on that. Um, but who knows, maybe in a future game there mm-hmm. will be so many clues. And um, you just set a timer uh, on your phone, like a, like a stopwatch. You're not counting down or anything. There's no, it doesn't tell you you only have an hour or you only have 30 minutes. Um, you just time how long it takes you to solve this. And uh, your time compared to how many clue card or hint cards you use is how you determine your score at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And it's that's refreshing. It's a new way to do it. Right. And I like it. I like not, I mean, yeah, you still have a bit of a time crunch because you you put pressure on yourself of we need to solve it in this amount of time. But there's nothing that's like beeping at you or yelling at you. Hey, hurry up. You're going too slow. You right. know? That those kind of stress me out, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially when you're in an actual escape room and you're watching that countdown clock. That oh, yeah. stresses me out. Totally, I kind of prefer this. Mm-hmm. What What are your thoughts on it? Okay, so like you said, we've had a chance to play two of them. Um, the first one we did play Abandoned Cabin first, and my initial thoughts of that was this is awesome. Now, disclaimer: um, these are one and done games. They are you rip things up, you're folding things, you're very possibly cutting things out, you're marking on everything. So this is not something that you can play again. However, we got each of these for $15 each. Mm-hmm. So $15 for over an hour worth of fun. Think for about a group of, we've had at least four people. Yeah. I don't know that you would go higher than four. No, just definitely because not. Of, um, you kind of need to just do one clue at a time. Yeah. Because they, they do go in succession. It's not a, y'all work on this one, we'll work on this right. one kind of thing. And... um. Things are kind of small, especially like in the little booklet, because mm-hmm. it all fits in that small box, like right. I talked about. Um, you're not not a whole lot of people are going to be able to look at those things, yeah. so you may not want to go larger than four. But fifteen dollars, yeah, an hour's well, worth for four people. Yeah, that's less than one ticket to an escape room. Yeah, for a person on and, average. And I will be honest, this is not an exaggeration. I had, with the exception of like the presentation value of a physical escape room, right. I had just as much fun with one of these mm-hmm. that I did with a real escape room. Um, the the puzzles, at least in so the puzzles are very they vary in difficulty. Um, some are you know those are real easy. Some almost are like that's too easy. There's got to be more to it. Nope, that's all it is. And then some are like you just so oh I would never would have thought of that, but it makes sense, right? It's not just out in left field that's like impossible. Like if you really thought outside the box, some were so easy. We didn't even get it because we were going, there's got to be more to that. Right, right. Nope. That's what, that's, you're supposed to do that simple. Right. Plain thing. Oh, okay then. <laughs> right. Um, so if, if we're going to compare, I liked the abandoned cabin better. Um, I feel like the puzzles in that one were a little bit more logical. The, the progression of, from from clue to clue to clue made a little bit more sense so to me. So you don't think the ancient Egyptians were more concise compared to a homicidal maniac? No, not at all. 
You prefer the homicidal maniac? I prefer the homicidal maniac. <laughs> you <laughs> and would. So, and so, um, man, when we were done with that, I was like, wow. And then in, in each we of these. We were blown away yeah, by that. In each of these, there's like a wow kind of clue solution that's like, whoa. You where know, it's, where it's did kind that of come like, from? It's kind of like metagame almost. But um, the the whole system of the way that these these clue cards work in tandem with that decoder and then the answer cards, you know, it's 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 very well crafted. Um, you know, it's it's not a digital machine that you plug in an answer and it's either right or wrong. These are actually physical cards that have to be crafted just perfectly so that you don't accidentally reveal the right the wrong you don't, answer. And I I feel like there is you can't no. just accidentally stumble across this mm. unless it's somebody who's like we need to hurry and get this done and just starts yeah. going through all the cards. Even if you are just so sure that you got this right. I mean, it clearly tells you, no, that is not the right answer. Yeah. And it makes sure that you got the right one. Yeah, I mean, it does. you it, cannot accidentally stumble upon the correct answer on these is what I'm trying to yeah. say. And so I can totally see why this was nominated for an award. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the gene. It's, it's genius, I think. And I think I like it better than the escape room, the game. Um, mm. I think that it's it's just got a better flow of of logic to me. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think I would even wager, not even wager, maybe wager is not the right word, but <laughs> I actually think these could translate into a real world escape room. Like you'd have to do some tweaking as far as presentation inside the room. Mm-hmm. But I think the way that these clues are, mm-hmm. you can follow them. It's not like some mystical element like, oh, here's a card that represents a ghost or something. Yeah. You could physically make these puzzles in an escape room. And I think that's why I really like it. It's because yeah. I'm I'm almost envisioning, you know, whenever we turn that, when we plug in those <laughs> when three. When we turn the wheel. Yeah, and when we plug in those three codes, hearing that click <laughs> unlock. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. And, and I really recommend this one. Um, again, for 15 bucks, you know, it's, it's definitely a fun experience. Now, again, Laura, as Laura, Laura mentioned, bigger groups, I definitely don't recommend bigger groups. Um, I think you do as two player. I think it'd be a fun two player experience. However, you don't I have think as, you could, you don't have as, I mean, and, and they say, I think it's two to five players is what's on the box. Um, you don't have as many brains working on the puzzles, obviously. And honestly, that's, that's the thing that would scare me yeah. if, I know there are some couples out there that would do awesome at it, yeah. just the two of them. I don't think we would. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? I think we would get stuck and we'd have to use too many of the hint cards, you know? I don't know. Hey, maybe we should do the, the secret lab together by ourselves. Well, hey, I'm up for it. Or, and they've got a ton planned uh, coming out um, in this series. They've got a, a Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, that, we are so excited about that. So, yeah, um, this this game's not going anywhere soon. So this line, yeah, this, this line, line, yeah. So if you want to get your hands on one of these, fill out our survey, <laughs> and you'll be entered for a chance to win one. Now we have played some other games, and we're excited to talk to you about them. But they're going to have to wait till episode twenty because now we need to get to the meat of this podcast. Yes, this is not a filler podcast. <laughs> Let's move on and introduce our guest. And now we'd like to welcome to the show Mr. Jason Katarski from Green Couch Games. Welcome to the show, sir. Hello. Thanks for having me. 
We are so excited that you're here on the show, aren't we, Laura? Yes, um, we've been looking forward to this. We've got our, we're prepared with our questions. Yes, and you know this is going to be a special discussion on filler games, and who better than the master of filler games himself, Mr. Jason Katarski. Now, Jason, I did mention that you are with Green Couch Games, um, so you are the publisher of that company, correct? That is me, yeah, that is one of the many hats I wear, kind of the main hat that I'm wearing these days, but yeah, that's uh, that's what I do. Awesome, well let's let's hear about all the other hats that you do wear or have worn in the past. Absolutely, what do you want to talk about first? Well, let's well, see. Well, maybe the fedora, or um, <laughs> I'm more of a mesh, a I'm, and... a, I'm a mesh trucker hat kind of a guy, I've actually Ooh. had had quite a bit of a collection of trucker hats from when I played in a punk rock band. I would wear different ones at all the shows, and I'd always be on the lookout for a good trucker hat. That's amazing. You I... have no idea the face I'm making right now. Like, this? <laughs> yeah. he's the coolest guy ever. I, uh, I'll be honest, I'm a little jealous. Back in high school, I went through a trucker hat phase, and uh. my I only got up to about three. So <laughs> <laughs> that didn't last very long, but awesome. So yeah, let's let's start with let's start with uh, Green Couch Games. Let's tell yeah, let's... everybody about what 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 you do. Great, yeah. So I run Green Couch Games, and our our kind of main thing that we focus on is making uh, our tagline here. This will sound like my marketing spiel, but it's it's we make great little games that make great big connections. And nice. the the whole thing there is that I um I love small games that are easy to learn that are approachable, and I wanted to create the kind of games that that I loved. Um, I, I found that like I love fillers. And I found mm-hmm. that a lot of companies were doing fillers, uh, but but a lot of the times they were just kind of the stuff that filled in the gaps in between, and they were just kind of there. They didn't maybe get the push that a lot of the uh, the bigger box games with all the you know the bits and all the heft um, to them. So I just thought like I want to do a game a company that that specializes just in those little games as a starting point and kind of awesome. kind of raise the bar like make them the thing themselves and not just the afterthought. So that was kind of kind of the the thought behind uh, Green Couch Games. Cool. And at this point, how many uh, games do you have under your belt there at Green Couch? Yeah, I just sent the eighth game uh, off to the printer. So that'll be delivering late summer, early fall to our Kickstarter backers. But I've done eight uh, eight campaigns so far, for cool. all, all on Kickstarter, and um, uh, kind of a neat variety, working with a bunch of different designers and artists. So it's yeah. kind of fun to, to get to hang out with uh, such cool people all the time. And that, that eighth one, was that the Ladder 49 game? Ladder 29, yeah. Ladder that was 29. By, I, knew, yep, I knew there was that, a nine in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's uh, that that one is by Matt uh, Riddle and Ben Pinchback, the guys who mm-hmm. designed Fleet and Eggs and Empires, and they're uh, local to me, uh, Michigan. Like they're they used to live like thirty minutes from me. I moved to the other side of the state now, but they're still Michigan guys, and I'm a Michigan guy. So it was really kind of a pleasure to get to get to work with those guys and kind of support uh, a little bit of Michigan pride. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so you were—I mean, we talked about you've got many hats. So you've talked about games you've published and everything. What other ways have you been involved in these games that y'all have put out? Yeah, so I started actually as a game designer. So, uh, well, for, I mean, that's not true. I started as a <laughs> as a as a fan of games, right? right? And, and that that took a little while for me. Like it was a little bit later in life. I had just uh, I had gotten married, and like I, I I mentioned, I was in a punk band, and like we were kind of. Uh, 
not traveling as much anymore and and I was kind of ready to kind of downshift a little bit and do something else on my weekends and uh my wife introduced me to games and like I fell hard in love with games and that was kind of became our new pastime and and as as a kind of guy from this music kind of punk rock scene I had this DIY ethic where like I noticed pretty early on that these little obscure games I was playing had people's names on them and uh <laughs> And I, and I thought that was a really cool thing, and I'm like, I should learn how they do that, and I should figure out how to get my name on a box. So uh, I started tinkering with a game, and actually my first game I ever designed uh, turned out all right, and it got uh, it got picked up by a company called Dice Hate Me Games, and it was called the Great Heartland Holland Company. And that was kind of uh, a really cool thing for me, because I, I got to work with Chris Kirkman and... Um, just kind of learned so much about how games are made, and he was—he's—he's he's a good friend, and like, uh, it was just a very friendly kind of business arrangement where he just was open um, to to me asking questions and him kind of sharing the whole process with me, and that was just when kind of Kickstarter had began to take off, and um, so I was watching a lot of other Kickstarters and involved in backing a lot of other Kickstarters, and and kind of said, you know, I, I think this is really fun, and I like making games, and I have some other game ideas, and um. But also, like, I wonder what I could do to, to um, you know, kind of take this to, like, a more full-time thing. And that's kind of how publishing came in. But, yeah, it started with the Great Harland Holland Company. And then um, I had a game with Crash Games called Dead Drop, which is a little cool. micro game. I was inspired by stuff like Love Letter and um, Brave Rats and these little teeny games. And I said, I want to see what I can do making a little game. And I made a 13-card deduction game that... that that is pretty. That has re- resonated pretty well with folks. So yeah, uh, definitely. I've definitely heard great things about Dead Drop. We haven't had a chance to play it, but um, yeah, I've, we've heard a lot of people talk about it. Yeah, unfortunately, it came out kind of just as uh, Crash Games was was winding down. Like they yeah. were, they, they were kind of stepping out of the out of the scene a little bit. So it didn't get a get a lot of reach in in the game store. But uh, mm-hmm. um, it's near and dear to my heart still. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I worked with a, co- a company and. Um, what was the other company that I did? I did a game with uh, White Goblin Games in the Netherlands, just a little family card game that didn't see a whole lot of reach outside of Europe. Mm-hmm. But um, and then I I'm I'm always kind of tinkering on games on the side, like designs design wise. But it's not as much of my focus since I started Green Couch because I'm working on um other people's games a lot, and that scratches my design itch when I'm helping with development. And every once in a while, if an idea strikes me, I will start you know kind of working on my own design. Like I have a the one that's in the pipeline right now is a game uh, that I designed with Philip Duberry, who was my co-designer on Fidelitas, which was the first uh, the first Green Couch Games title. And we are working on a game uh, with Toy Vault, and that is uh, a card game based on the movie The Dark Crystal. So, uh, oh. yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm a huge yeah. Jim, Hen- Jim Henson fan, and, and they just, like, right after we, like, got the game, the game is signed, the art is underway, and then they announce, like, that they're making Isn't it pre- coming to Netflix? Yeah, prequel series. It's coming to Netflix in the next couple of years. So, That's like, perfect. It's going to be on everybody's mind again, and hopefully yeah. they, uh, hopefully, you know, our little card game will tide them over until then, and they will enjoy it. So. Yeah, awesome. it, it sounds like um, there might be some Providence coming in to play <laughs> here with uh, with the creation of that game. That's perfect timing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so do you, you use Kickstarter for all of your, your games? Yeah, all the games that I publish I've used. I've used Kickstarter. Um, it's just such a 
such a great tool for for people who want to do anything creative uh that is that is risky you know it's yeah. uh, we don't live in it we, we live so connected online we can really find out if people want the thing you are going to make before you make it um which uh which is a neat thing and uh and it just connects you to people around the world where like maybe i had like 10 local board game players but now mm-hmm. i have like hundreds of friends who play games you know and thousands yeah. of people who are into what i'm doing that have you know supported our our kickstarters and um and i didn't have to mortgage like remortgage my house to to have a bunch of games <laughs> sitting in my garage you know so it's uh it's a really awesome awesome thing well and i feel like the whole Kickstarter community, it allows um, the backers to feel like they own a piece of that and they have a piece in that. And that just gives you even more pride in it. And uh, I think that's what actually, I think that's what makes the gaming community different from other like fandoms, if you will, you mm-hmm. know, that uh, they can kind of take that ownership. Almost. Absolutely. Yeah. Games are such a personal thing. Like, uh, I mean, part of it is that you're sitting across the table from somebody like it's this it's like the, it's a real physical space that you have to inhabit to like enjoy these games. And I mean, you, you don't have to 100 percent of the time now with apps and online gaming. But mm-hmm. um, but like that, that tr- that transaction that Kickstarter creates, it feels so much like um, like the gaming experience. I mean, a yeah. Kickstarter Kickstarter's a game, right? Like that's a good if point. We, if we unlock <laughs> if we unlock this next level, we're gonna get something cool, right? And that's yeah, exciting it's like opening for a people. box oh, in, in Pandemic Legacy. <laughs> and, and it's yeah, it's and it's like it's like sitting across the table, but hey, maybe you're sitting across the country from somebody who just is is there, and they just can't wait to see what happens next, and they want to be a part of it, and um and they like to support small businesses, like it just yeah. uh. Um, it's, it, it feels like a very kind of a close space, even though, you know, I don't know any, everybody's face, uh-huh. but, uh, you know, it's a cool thing to be a part of. That is a great analogy. I'd never thought of it that way. Yeah, it is like a game. <laughs> That's so awesome. Okay. So moving on to, to other ways you're involved in the community, you host a podcast, don't you? I have a podcast. Yeah. So I have, um, actually the podcast started right before Green Couch Games. Uh, okay. it was one of the things I did, uh, I wanted to kind of gauge interest for like, is there an audience that is just into specifically these little games? So my podcast is called the 20 minutes of filler and we're up to almost episode 80. And wow. uh, I guess, I guess we're on like year three, maybe a okay. little bit more than that. So I'm not mm-hmm. as consistent as I I'd like to be. I had a, a, a great consistent co-host for a while named Andy Lennox. And then uh, we kind of just had different projects we were working on apart from each other. I was starting a game company and he was like, starting new jobs and starting a new band and stuff and then uh um, have a friend named eric who's on my show quite a bit eric carlson and um i recently moved uh from flint michigan the east side of the state to west michigan and grand rapids so we don't get together in person as much and uh uh, so that kind of takes away from uh our uh our ability to crank out shows but i've done some recent kind of interview podcasts and and the whole point of the show really is just to um to set out there to raise the bar for these great little games for, for filler games. We, we have a 20 minute show. Typically there's been a few where I cross the line because <laughs> uh, I'm really excited to talk or it's like, maybe I'm doing convention coverage and I can't, yeah. fit Gen, can't fit Gen Con or origins into 20 minutes. So, um, <laughs> no. But yeah, I we we do interviews. We we don't typically do reviews. We kind of do recommendations. Like, mm-hmm. here's a filler game that we like, and who do we think would like this game, or who mm-hmm. is this cool. for, who would this appeal to, kind of that stuff. Um, 
And we, we talk to industry people, and we share a little bit about what it looks like to run a publishing company and kind of what's going on with Green Couch Games as well. So, um, yeah, it's fun to have fed the hat that way of just um, creating content that is not just solely focused on my own stuff. Um, That's really neat. Um, I want to go back. You were talking about your wife is who brought you into the hobby. And, um, you know, that is just – you've heard this before, I'm sure – that's not that common, uh, especially, <laughs> you know, I hear it all the time. It's always the husband is the gamer and they're possibly even trying to get their wife to play with them. So um, I'd love to hear more about like what kind of games does she play or um, how or what was the first game she played with you or how did that occur? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we were walking in the mall around Christmas time, and it, it was those. Uh, they have this like little kiosk that sells calendars and games, and, mm-hmm. and we walked by it, and and sh- something caught her eye, and we stopped, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, they have Settlers of Catan," and uh, and I was like, "What is that?" And, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh my gosh," she's like, "This is my Sundays in college." Like, wow. Um, she she had a group of guy friends that she got together with every Sunday and played Settlers of Catan and uh, she said we have to get it and I'm like well you know we, we'd played like a couple games here and there we like to play Racco and stuff a little bit you know when we were bored as newlyweds and uh, uh, she uh, said let's let's grab this game and, and uh, we finally got it to the table because you know it was a three and up you have to have at least three players to play Settlers of Catan so that didn't go too well we didn't really <laughs> think we didn't think that through our buying habits yeah. have improved significantly but um uh, we picked it up, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And it filled this need for me where I was like, okay, I have this hobby of playing music that had me gone all the time, and I want to be at home, and, and I need to do something to fill that, you know, space in my life. What am I going to – what's my hobby? What's going to fill my time, you know, like on the weekends so I'm not just sitting at home being sad that I'm not playing some, some bar at 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, which really I wasn't that sad about. But uh, – and – and then I just dove in. So I started, I, I Googled, you know, European board games. And uh, I came across Board Games with Scott's videos. And I I just kind of fell fell in love. You know, we got Carcassonne next, which that's that's my wife's favorite game. Um, she likes Carcassonne. We played a lot of the Cosmos two-player games early on, like mm-hmm. uh, Balloon Cup and Lost Cities. Uh, uh, we love Ticket to Ride. That was probably the third game we got, and uh, we got Ticket to Ride Marklin, and uh, which plays really well with two players, and is a really really good cool experience. They kind of added an extra layer to Ticket to Ride, and and um, we like to play games. But she's her tastes have kind of grown, you know, similar to mine, just because you know we don't have as much time to play those big sprawling games anymore. Those two 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 and a half hour games anymore. Right. So totally get um, that. Her rule is typically like uh, we if it's our kids are in bed and we can play right here on this ottoman in front of the couch and it, it's something I know and takes thirty minutes I'm in you know but yeah um, I if like it's the way a, she thinks yeah right if if it's a new thing like it's got to be like Saturday afternoon the kids are busy outside or something you know we got <laughs> <laughs> we have to plan ahead for that a little bit but um, yeah so she, so we we really enjoy playing games together and and she just uh, wasn't expecting me I think well which you know she didn't we, we were newly wed so she didn't quite know like my personality of like totally obsessing about awesome things um, so but but she learned pretty fast you know 600 some games later 
in our wow. collection, but she'd rather have me doing that than other hobbies, I guess. Oh, totally. They could, they could fill my time. I mean, I think, I think that's a, that's a great point. You know, this, it's, it's such a great, great hobby to, to experience together as a married couple. And, and that's why, you know, that's why we do this, this podcast is we want to share our experiences with others and, and maybe kind of be a, you know, an, I don't know if I would say inspiration, but kind of a testament to others is, you know, hey, this is this is really something you can do as a couple that's fun, that's, you know, relatively inexpensive instead of going on trips or always going out on dates. You know, you can stay right there in, at home and have these awesome experiences together. Well, and like he was saying how he just came off the road mm-hmm. and was there at home on these weekends, not used to that. You need something that will connect the two of you. And even now at this stage of your marriage where you have kids running around everywhere, you still need something to connect the two of you. Right. And gaming is such a great way to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And then and then we get into like now my oldest kid is uh, eight and a half and, and she's sharp. And we've been playing games with her since she was two years old, you know, mm-hmm. and now she's pl- starting to play like you know, big kid games with us and she's, she's excited about it. And my four year old, four and a half year old is, is getting excited about games. And we have one day a week where I'm home and with her and she, uh, she just like brings me game after game, you know. So it's 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 pretty awesome. <laughs> that's great. So, yeah, that's definitely um, exciting to see the, that same excitement in in the kids because we've got a four just turned four back in April, and and she's getting to be the same way. She she's just I want to play the monster game, you know. I want to play <laughs> my dragon game. Yeah, it's yeah, so cool. It's really awesome. Well, um, I want to tell our listeners we're gonna move on here in a minute. And we're all going to share our top five filler games. But before we do that, Jason, is there anything else you want to share about what you do or, or any other hats that you might wear? Sure. Um, so I, an extension of kind of Green Couch Games and the, the podcast, uh, a recent thing, is I started a Facebook group uh, called the 20 Minutes of, of Filler. Facebook Which I'm a member of. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, very cool. And I just wanted that to be a thing that allowed me to like have that kind of two-way connection a little bit more with the listeners of the show. Yeah. And and you know, not everybody likes podcasts. Uh not everybody listens to podcasts and um you know, some of the some folks just like to poke around on Facebook and it's a captive audience that really um like gets excited about games. There's so many game groups uh online. Right that like it just that they can be very specific to your interests so mm-hmm. i thought hey why not give this a go and it grew really fast and we're pushing uh close to a thousand members in the group right now and we do all kinds of stuff where i'll, I'll post a, a live video once in a while kind of giving a game overview or um i'll just share a, a question to get some discussion going and i've done several giveaways with the help of some other indie publishers or um just uh you know some of the, the green couch titles where we do a fun contest to promote a kickstarter or something like that and uh, it gets people pretty excited because it just it, it's neat to see how people respond to games and how passionate and how much knowledge people have about games and how creative they can be um and a good way to just share what other people are, are creating out there you know yeah. when, we're, when we're promoting kickstarters and stuff so uh, it's been a fun group and uh i'm not a super like i mean i, I i'm not a super like great uh 
Like, I don't know, I'm not good at galvanizing the masses in online discussions. Like, that's mm-hmm. not a, like, that's not a huge <laughs> strength of mine. Like, um, I like to do it. I like to have discussions. It's mm-hmm. not like a focus, but like, I'm really glad I did it, even though I'm not like yeah. the best, like, Facebook group admin there is. Like, because I met some neat people and it just gives me a chance to, like, you know, find out about new games that people are playing and, and keep my pulse on, uh, my finger on the pulse of what other people are into and, I, and what games people are responding to. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And, you know, that's that's one of the benefits I, I get from this group is I may not you know, ever comment on something, but the group really is a, a good way to stay informed in what's going on in the industry. You know, the things, like you said, uh, be aware of what's coming out because so much comes out uh, these days, you know, every year. And so it's great to, especially when, when in the days of, you know, these reviews and podcasts where a lot of people's focus are on the big, big box, you know, big companies, cool mini or not, that kind of thing. It's great to have this other group to um, highlight these smaller, these filler games that you might otherwise miss. So that's definitely a benefit for me of, of um, you know, being part of that group. And um, is this an open group? Can, can anybody join this group? Um, I have to approve you, but... Uh... Yeah, I mean, as long as, like, so so I just added a new layer of, like, a question that people have to answer. Because I started getting a bunch of random uh, people wanting to join the group that didn't have any friends or they were on Facebook for one hour kind of a stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, like, I don't know if, like, we've hit that point, like, where our group is, like, showing up as, like, maybe join this group because they're active, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and, and people are just clicking on it. Um, so like I, I, I created a little bit of a barrier to entry just so we can, I can make sure that I don't have to do a lot of adminning. Like, I don't want to have to go through and police everybody's conversations. If I know that people are into games and they can like share, Hey, what's your favorite game or what's your favorite filler, you know? Um, and it looks like you are going to talk about games. I'm going to let you in the group. (laughs) So, well, so then maybe listeners to this podcast could say Spencer and Laura sent me. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. I so, totally would let them in. And you'll be like, door open, come on in. <laughs> so do they just uh, search for the group on Facebook and, and uh, send a, a request to join? That's it. Yeah, you just can type in the search bar there, uh, the 20 Minutes of Filler uh, group Facebook group, or 20 minutes, 20 minutes of Filler group, and it should be the first thing that comes up. And uh, awesome. ask to join, and uh, we'll, get you, we'll get you in the conversation ASAP. Great. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Um, was there anything else you wanted to share? Well, I mean, I just I, I'd love to show you a little bit about what's going on with Green Couch Games in the next uh, little while. Oh if yeah, you a minute for that. Yeah, yeah, I had um, I had saved that for later after our top five. If, oh. if you're cool with that. Well, I just I just am excited, so I can wait. But I just <laughs> yeah. wanted to remind we, you to put a pin in that. Then yeah, we we, gonna, we wanted we to save the it. audience yeah. okay. hanging. We wanted to save right. it for for All looking right. forward. Okay, so before we get to our top five list, I want you. Um, to define for our listeners and for us to make sure that we met the criteria, what you define as a filler game. All right. So I, I found that my definition wasn't as uh, tight and, and good as what uh, some of the group members really wanted. Oh. Um, so my, uh, my, my definition of a filler is that it needs to be easy to learn. Um, okay. Approachable theme. So probably not super high on the fantasy side or, you know, kind of horror side because, uh, 
you know, kind of a broad variety. Some of that stuff might get through, but like, um, approachable themes is pretty important. Quick to learn, mm-hmm. like in five minutes or less. And I would say plays under an hour initially. And this is where I got some bounce back saying, well, you, people like, it's more like 15 to 30 minutes is kind of what, what people say. So, um, there's definitely a range. So like I've included like a new kind of subcategory of super fillers for some, <laughs> for something like, uh, World's Fair 1893. Okay. Um, which is like a Euro game that's pretty light on rules but takes about 45 minutes to an hour to play um Hmm. so like the and and the more you know it the faster it's going to be but it's not going to be the first game you bring out in front of like brand new gamers maybe so um approachable theme quick to play uh easy rules variety of themes um and it has meaningful decisions like um it, it gives you like the taste of a bigger game um in a small package. It maybe does one really interesting thing really well. Um, a lot of, like, there's a lot of quick games out there. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of luck-based games. But, like, I think that fillers kind of should be this thing that bridges the gap between, like, real casual players to, like, the things that, like, the more serious gamers want to play as warm-up games or in between other games. Or the kind of thing where serious gamers might get together and play three or four fillers uh, in a row as the thing, you know, as the main course. So kind of good uh, uh, opportunity for depth. That so. is, yeah, that's an excellent, and I'd, I'd say we're pretty much right on the same page for the most part. Yeah. So I think that's a great, great definition. Um, so if you're ready, and if Laura's ready, I know I'm ready, Without let's go into our top, yeah, our top five filler games uh, that we love to play. Uh, why don't we start with you, Jason? What's your number five? My number five. Okay, my number five is uh, the game Quicks by Stefan Bendorf, uh, published in the United States by Game Right Games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you guys familiar with Quicks? Have you played this one? Uh, oh, okay. Now, <laughs> I started to spell it out because I was going to check into it, and then Laura was like, it's the one with the X's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Q- so, yeah Q-W-I-X-X. I, yes. I've seen it, but I haven't played it. Yeah, you can. This one's cool because you're starting to see this uh, at mass market stores, and yeah, it's like a yes. eight ninety nine ninety nine game, um, and it is just uh, six dice and some score sheets, mm-hmm. and it's a really neat little little kind of puzzle. Um, you you have four colored dice that match four different colored lines, and two of those lines go from two to twelve, and then two of those colors go from twelve to two, and there's two white dice, and um, so it's kind of got this roll and write like Yahtzee. You know, it's kind of the Yahtzee killer in my mind. You know, it's that oh, game cool. that has a little more strategy and more thought. Um, and kind of the key for me is that uh, everybody is engaged on every single turn because what you're doing is you're rolling the, the all six dice on your turn, and I choose one of the colored dice to mark off a box on my thing and one of the white dice. Um, but then also... I'm sorry, the addition. I'm adding things together. But, um, but also, like the other players can use the two white dice on on their turn that you rolled. So you have oh. to be constantly, it's not just solitaire, like you have to be engaged right. with what the other people are doing um, throughout the game. And it's, uh, um, it's a quick game, uh, about 15 minutes, and uh, I love the simplicity, but like cleverness of it. And uh, it's the kind of game, you know, you're going to play, you know, 50 times before you get sick of it and it travels well too so awesome well that's good to know because yeah like you said i've seen it at target all the time and i just kind of oh it's target but with (laughs) with your recommendation that sounds awesome Mm -hmm. um i'll go ahead and go next okay Uh, my number five is celestia 
from Quick Simple Fun Games, re reworking of Cloud9. Um, I really like this one because of the push your luck aspect of it. You know, how far you want to go. Um, flying through the, have you played Celestia? I have not, but I've seen I, I've seen the components, and I was yeah. interested in Cloud Nine because I was familiar with Aaron Weisselbloom, and mm-hmm. uh, and now that I've seen the components of this one, I want to play it even more. Yeah, that that little bathtub looking boat that flies through <laughs> the cities and the clouds it's it's really fun. You know, that's one of Spencer's favorite things to do is to assemble. Oh yeah, the components. Well, like... and then like the, my favorite thing is so basically the premise of the game is. Yeah, um, you're you're rolling a die or multiple dice that have threats on them, and and between all the people that are in the ship, you have to play down cards that can cancel out those threats. And and if you can't cancel out the threats, then the ship crashes. And um, but anybody who's jumped out before that gets treasure from the previous city. So it's kind of like, oh, I think I can go further. I hope I can go further, and maybe I have enough cards to you know deal with these threats. But if you get too far. You don't get to if you haven't saved your treasure, then you don't get anything, and mm-hmm. you have to start all over. Mm. And so, what my favorite thing to do is when the ship crashes, just is actually knock the ship over, and everybody falls out of the ship. <laughs> um, but yeah, awesome. it's it's a great. I love I love push your luck games, and uh, this one it it's kind of gotten some shelf time recently because the last time we played it, we kind of had, a, had a, a bad experience with it, unfortunately. But I'm starting to get back to where I'm I'm ready to, to give it another try. Um, so for me, and the, the artwork is great. It's very whimsical. Um, really fun looking game. So yeah, my number five is Celestia. And my number five is one that Spencer, did you get this as part of like a board game geek secret Santa? No, this was one we just picked up in the store. Just, it was random. Okay. Cause, um, and this is lunacy from Looney labs, which, Oh, Oh, lunacy. I'm sorry. We had, um, we had, flux already and we had played zombie flux and so we were like oh this is another looney labs game mm-hmm. and um it, and it's definitely just a quick easy game of just trying to match up symbols in your hand um with what's out on the table as fast as you can before anybody else can and get rid of all the cards in your hand and oh, yeah. um and it can go to like God, close up to five five players yeah, yeah. and uh so anywhere from two to five which there have been times i mean it's been a literal filler of we're waiting on someone to get here still let's just bust out lunacy real quick yeah. while we wait and um it's it gets crazy with the most with more people because mm-hmm. you have less um discard stacks to pick from um and so everybody's trying to go for that same card and um, I think my favorite part is when people, cause the illustrations are just crazy, ridiculous little things. And I think my favorite part is when people are like saying out loud what they're needing yeah. and, and it's different things like cookie, milk, chocolate bar, friend. cookie, <laughs> milk, chocolate bar. Yeah. Friends, statue of Liberty, Move. pizza, Sorry. clock, like yeah. just, just <laughs> weird stuff like that. It's so much fun. And, uh. it, and it's very, it can be as fast as it, I mean, as you can, if you can get all your hand cards out of your hand but i don't know how many times we've played it we've gone let's deal again yeah let's deal again it's one of those there's nothing like a game that just like hits the table time and time again multiple plays and and gets people like shouting ridiculous things and their hearts beating out of their chest like those are memorable experiences (laughs) this definitely does that (laughs) yeah so that's lunacy from looney labs cool all right let's move on to number four um let's change things up i'll start with number four and i promise jason this is not to um 
you know, get some brownie points from you. Ooh, I like um, this intro. This is good. <laughs> this is genuine. This is genuine. <laughs> awesome. Um, my number four is Walk on Fire, and this oh. is from Green Couch Games. Um, you had sent this one to us to for for review, and we're so glad you did because <laughs> we had a blast with it. We had so much fun. Well, in fact, this is my number three. Yeah, this is this is Laura's number three. Um, you know it. You have the set collection aspect of it, and you know people who are familiar with this. I mean, I think this might be comparable to Sushi Go. You know, you're you're trying. To, it's a food game, and it's a set collection, and it's it's Asian food. Um, but however, however, this is this, this is where it's not like this it. is where <laughs> this is where it wins for me is the flipping the food <laughs> dexterity um, yeah the de- dexterity aspect of it in that walk and and flipping those cards and and they're them going everywhere and and you thinking you're flipping the right card but you know you're flipping the wrong card and just cards flying everywhere off the table it's it's so much fun and and we love to break this one out and, and i give you all my broccoli yeah and i don't want the broccoli but uh, <laughs> i always end up with the most broccoli at the end of the game anyway um but yeah we, i i re- well obviously we both since we both have it on our list both really love walk on fire oh that's awesome that that the i mean that that um sushi go married with dexterity thing was what sold yeah. me in that game when i first played it like uh i'm really excited to hear that awesome <laughs> Well, great. Um, Jason, what's your number four? My number four, um, I, I, I think this this can be a filler. It was always a filler when I played it, or so far when I played it, it feels like a filler. Uh, and it is Codenames by uh, mm. by Vlada Shvatel. Yeah. And, mm. uh, oh, it's, it's brilliant. There are, like, two rules, you know? Like, it's right. so simple. But exactly. it can be such a tense, like, cerebral experience that, like, you can play with two people, or you can play with, like, I, the first times I played it was a huge group at a convention, and one person is the clue giver, and they've got, like, seven to eight people on their team that are all, like, you're watching them talk and try to figure it out, and they're getting, <laughs> they're getting each other off track. So you can play the, like, with huge, like, team team uh, experiences, yeah. or you can play with a smaller group, and it's just so brilliant um i i think you that you mentioned one of my favorite things about the game is as the clue giver and you're listening to your team kind of talk each other out of what the right answer is you have to keep a straight face (laughs) oh yeah it's great i'm sure that i'm the worst um uh guesser ever because (laughs) i am the guy that thinks too far outside the box when somebody's (laughs) trying i'm like but it could mean this because i get the feeling that this is blue and blue makes my soul feel warm and i think that's what he's trying to commute and it's just like oh i'm I'm a mess when i play that game but it's and, and that's the other great thing about the game is like as the clue giver, it's a great experience, and as the guesser, it's a totally different game. Like it feels, right. it feels so different to to play with different people at the helm, and and depending on what side you're on, and that one is going to be around for a long time, and it's it's awesome. Definitely. Is there a, a particular version of the game that you prefer? You know, I, I pictures is good, but I, I got to go with the original because yeah. um, pictures is a a different kind of cerebral experience. It was like, I was way more in my head in that game uh, because of the abstract pictures and stuff where Mm -hmm. as like um, the words and the storytelling like was, was a lot more uh, up my alley. So I, I I always recommend code names like vanilla as the entry, the entry point. Um, And then if you really love it and go, go for pictures for sure, but it is a different experience. I'm excited to check out the, the duel I think is what it's called. The two player, Strictly two player version. Yeah, of like a co op one, I believe. It's uh, yeah. too. It's like two player co op. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. gonna keep my eye open for that too. Cool. Mm-hmm. 
All right, and Laura, your number four? Well, my number four, I have two games that are tied. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's, it's kind of strange. Um, I have Starfall by Pandasaurus. Oh, yes. Yeah. Scott Holmes. Yes. yes. I. Wow. That When we first opened that box and went, wow, after our first gameplay of that, what? You know, like you look at those components, you look at everything, and you're like, oh, this is going to be simple. But then it ends up being so much more. And mm. It, I don't know how to put it into words. Yeah. Like it's that game either. is amazing. Like I, I don't want to go so far as like using the word that you were using, Jason, of cerebral. But I mean, it's it's more than what meets the eye. That, how about that? Let's yeah. say that. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it, it's basically uh, you know the, the set collection again, another set collection game, but you know with astronomical or astrological, not astronomical, astrological signs and bodies celestial bodies and, and then and how and you play in relation to the other players yeah that's mm. that's the big thing i think but so i have tied with starfall i have um rock paper wizard oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh we have so much fun playing this game we broke it out at a convention once mm-hmm. and it was a blast and people were shouting yeah and... we're we have rock paper wizard shit yeah. and, and everybody else in the convention halls looking like, at us it's great. and oh and we're all going oh oh my gosh you know that that was just such a great mm. experience i think just the the experience and the dynamic of the group that's yeah. what i like about that game mm. but um those are those are tied for number four for me. Awesome, very yeah. cool. Uh, moving on to number three, you could go first. What did you? What's your oh wow! What do you know? Like I said <laughs> earlier, my number three is Walk on Fire by uh, Green. Somebody spoiled that already. I'm <laughs> yeah. super disappointed. Oh, uh, call me Stephanie Brown. Haha, <laughs> spoiler. Uh, who's, who's Stephanie Brown? She's spoiler. Oh, oh. Isn't she like the? Didn't she write Twilight? No. <laughs> oh. You just ruined Okay. Us. Sorry. Um, why don't I go and, and clear the air? Um, my number three is uh, what we believe... Can you it, even read your handwriting I can that? read my handwriting. I can't uh, read your handwriting. Okay. Uh, my number three is, is... my number one. Is Oh, it's your number one? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's what I consider to be the best of these games, and that is Batman Love Letter mm-hmm. uh, from AEG. Um Huge comic book fans here in the Williams household, and um, so Batman is is uh, you know a, an obvious pick for theme. Um, but then you know taking the love letter and, and placing Batman on um, it actually makes sense. You know trying to capture, capture all, all of those the, escaped yeah. inmates from Arkham Asylum. That's and, really cool. And the way that all the different powers work. You know the special abilities of each card, and I love the little Batman symbol tokens, and and the great thing about this one, as with as, as with several of these games, but you know it, it all fits in that little pouch. So yeah. you just it's very portable. You take it anywhere you want to go. And um, I'm actually looking forward to. They have announced coming out soon is Lovecraft Letter. Um, <laughs> oh really? I didn't yeah, that. we're we're big Love, Lovecraftian game fans, and um, it adds it adds of course insanity cards in there i don't know how it all works together but it looks like a, it looks like a really neat production so this might change after we play that but uh but for me my number three was batman love letter awesome, awesome. and then jason i guess it's you for number yeah. three yeah my my number three is kind of a, a kind of a classic uh okay and it is called no thanks Ah, okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's another one of those games that like every time I play it, like I stop and I'm like, 
I am so jealous that someone has created such a <laughs> simple and wonderful game. Yeah. Uh, and it's always a it's always a hit with people. It's so simple. Have you guys played No Thanks? You know, we haven't, unfortunately. Okay. Um, yeah, we're, we're hoping, because we're going to Dice Tower Con next month. Oh, cool. So, yeah, we're hoping to be able to get it, break it out there and give it a try. Because, I mean, same thing we hear... Nothing but good things about this game. Everybody oh, yeah. always talks I mean, about it, how great it is. It's always yeah. a classic up there in the top um, for for fillers, yeah. like on anybody else's list. So I mean, for sure, this that's also one of my wife's other favorite games. Um, and and in the game, you know, you get to like there's a card revealed, and you either get to say I'll take it, or I will say no thanks and put one of my chips on it, right? And like that's that's it. But like at the end, you you get points. Um, you 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 want the least amount of points. So if you create a set of cards, like if I had 20, 21, 22, 23, I only get points for the lowest in that unbroken set. But if there's a big gap, if there's any gap, I get the lowest of the, you know, where the gap starts up again. So like high cards are bad and my wife loves to use her chips and just or she loves to just say no thanks when she wants something and milk everyone else's <laughs> chips like um so like she she loves kind of like just being super nasty in that game but it's uh <laughs> it's it's so good and it's like no, it's numbers on cards in some red chips i mean like yeah. there's like nothing like that is particularly like jumping out off the shelf at you when you see it in a game store but like mm-hmm. experience wise it's it's uh i mean really Simple rules, play it with anybody, and have a great time. It's, it's what's, perfect. What's the player count on that one? Um, I believe it plays, the version I have is three to five. We've played with six before, just with starting with a few less chips, and it hasn't really um, affected things too much. But, uh, you know, I'm not a mathematician or anything, so don't quote me too much on that. Okay. Um, yeah, so you can't play with just two, but, uh, yeah, it's it's a great game with, with three, to, three to five, three to six players. Cool. Well, that one is definitely on our to-play list. Sweet. Okay, well, then I guess I'll take us into number two. Sounds good. Um, my number two is one that we've talked about not too long ago here on the podcast, and that is Masquerade. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a very large group game. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. It goes like three it, to I, eight? It's, it's two. You can play a two-player. Uh, two to like 12, I think. Man. Yeah, it goes big. Jason, have you played uh, Masquerade? <laughs> I I have one time at a convention with my wife, one of the few times she got to go to a big convention with me. And uh, we uh, we did not really enjoy that experience. It was, <laughs> it was It's hard to play a demo game with people you don't know. Yeah, in that I get that. Because it's hit, hit the hidden roles and reading people. Definitely. And, and Lisa did something as a new player that like made somebody else like really upset because they were like wanting to like win the game. Oh. And I was like, oh, oh man, like don't ruin this experience for us. We're just playing a game at a convention. We're all learning here. Right. But, um, uh, so like that soured me a little bit. I could see that it was smart, but those like double think, triple think, like trying to read people games, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. they make, they make me feel, uh, a little bit small and insecure. So, well, uh... <laughs> we like it more as a party game. Cool. It, like we have taken it to a convention before, mm. but it was a very small local convention where we knew pretty much everyone at our table. Yeah. yeah that's um, cool. And so I would highly suggest if you could try it again, well, try it with a group of yeah. people that you know, because it, it can be, it can be, <laughs> it, you can get a good laugh out of it. Yeah, well, and because cause I think the key with that game is, and, and of course, with, as with any game, you can definitely play competitive. 
you play to win, right? But with this one, I think it's more about like we don't even, we don't even try. I mean, we try to follow, but not to the extent of burning our brains out trying to figure out who's you know. It's it's more of a I'm just gonna guess and see what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when when you play it that way, it's just chaotic and just. We silly. were barely even keeping track of how many points we had. Yeah, it wasn't good. until we finally somebody went wait. How many coins do we have? And somebody kind of went, oh, I've got them. Yeah. I win. But we, we didn't even care. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun. Awesome. You guys sound like the type of people that I'd like to play games with. So just, uh, yeah. That's, that's like, yeah, like having fun and that sounds good. Well, <laughs> I, well I'll add that to the list of goals. Play okay. games oh. with Jason. All right. Awesome. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll go next. Uh, okay. My number two is Tides of Madness um, from Portal Games. Um, Or, for people that don't care for Lovecraftian-themed games, Tides of Time. They're essentially the same game, but of course, with Tides of Madness, it adds in insanity. An (laughs) insanity aspect of it. Um, Like you do. Yeah. This one, I love. It's the perfect... I mean, it's only two players, so I think this is a a great two-player game. It's a definition of, of quick simple Mm -hmm. um it's just a drafting game you know passing your hands back and forth trying to um optimize your hand to get the most points Mm -hmm. from round to round um and the artwork on this game is is beautiful um again this is another small game and um yeah it's it's easily portable yeah and quick i I think you play under 20 minutes Mm mm-hmm and um, I, I like making those decisions of, oh, I don't know which card I should take because if I take this one, they might take that one. And then I might have to keep this one and get an insanity token. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I, I really like Tides of Madness from Portal Games. Awesome. Yeah, that, that has a lot of depth in a little package for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And so, Jason, what is your number two? My number two is uh, a game by Alan Moon and Bruno Fiduti, and it is Ink and Gold. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yay! We, I didn't even... I, I must have just overlooked that one, because we love that one. Oh, yeah, it's it's so good. This, this is one of the games up there with Carcassonne, and probably this one are probably like the most played games that I own. Um, I played it this a lot. I used to be a, a, a associate pastor, and I played it a lot with the youth group, and they they loved it. And these cards are so worn, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's it's so cool. Like you're, it's another one of those. Like okay, like you decide between a couple simple things, and and that is, are you going deeper or are you going to leave and hopefully get the riches? But if you leave with other people, you have to share the riches. So you have to read people and how greedy people are. But the further you go, the more hazards come out. And if there's ever two matching hazards, you die in the cave. Oh. Or how about if you leave too early and they keep yes. going and going and going, and, and you're they, like, man, yeah. I'm missing out. And you're like, you took the you took the hazards out they're in your sleeve aren't they yep that's what they are <laughs> um but yeah oh so good and the components are ridiculous because i you love those these, tents yeah you get a little folding tent to hide your little mm-hmm. jewels in yeah. and uh oh ink and gold is so much fun it's just like I, i've played it over and over again and um it just hits it hits a, a really sweet spot of like uh, being able to just teach it to a really casual group. Be like, yeah. here's the deal. Like, do this or this and uh, see how rich you get. And everybody wants to get rich, right? So that that's yeah. motivating. And especially <laughs> so... those those little bits, those um, little jewels. the jewels yeah. and everything. Yeah, just I get think... that game out, put on the Temple of Doom soundtrack, and yeah. you got a game, man. Like... Yeah, now we're talking. 
I've I've kind of started a a lunchtime game time at work, and I think this would be a perfect one for that. Mm. You know, it's, it's quick and easy to teach. So I think, I'm yeah. gonna take that one. That's a good idea. Cool. All right, um, and now we're at number one. Number one filler number game, one. and I think it's appropriate to start with you, Jason. What is your number one filler game? All right, my number one filler game uh, is called Six Nymphed uh, oh. by Wolfgang Kramer. It's spelled the number six, mm-hmm. N-I-M-M-T. Uh, it... Um, I believe it is take six or take yeah take six is the uh, the trans the loose translation. It's also been released as the Walking Dead card game by Cryptozoic, which whatever the art's kind of gross and terrible. And then <laughs> the uh, it's just screenshots from the TV show. So oh, okay. um, and then it was slide five. It was another version which was like a skiing theme. But recently it's been re released uh, uh, by Mayfair. And okay. it, Wolfgang Kramer's, um, it was one of the, I believe it was recommended for the Spiel des Jahres, um, way back in the early nineties, like 94, I think. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's just, again, it's another numbers on cards game. And, um, what's cool is it plays, uh, two to 10 players and wow. it maybe pushes a little bit longer than the half hour mark. If you're playing like by the rule sets, like full game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of one of those games where like you can play as a few rounds of it and it totally scratches the itch. But the idea is that there are four different rows of cards and the cards are numbered, uh, like two to 105 or something. And they all have different numbers of bulls on them and, and bulls are bad. You don't want points. So you're trying to avoid cards with lots of bulls on them and everybody chooses a card face down and then they have to place um, their cards at the end of a row where they are like the closest to the number, the next number. Like, so um, it's just kind of weird, like, timing thing where the, the, the lowest card goes first and they place their card and then everybody plays their card in numerical order and they have to add them to the end of one of these four rows. And if they ever have to place the sixth card in that row, they have to take the other five into their score pile. So it's pressure luck and like trying to see what numbers are on the board, what numbers you have in your hand. You usually have like 10 cards in your hand and you're trying to size up like where are the gaps? What is my safest card? Um, Which one do I want to try to play? Which row do I want to try to play to? Or if I'm going to bust, like I do not want to get all of those moose heads or bull heads or whatever they are on the artwork. Uh, I think they're bulls, I guess. Or moves, I don't know. What <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, Six Nymphed is it is uh, it's just a classic card game, uh, mm-hmm. and it's another one that that I love just playing with playing with anybody because it's just such a cool um, a cool neat experience just to show somebody who's casual about games like um, look at this. There's just numbers on cards, and there's way more to it than Uno. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it's a really clever, and it has a lot of those aha moments, like yes, I did it, or no, I have to take the cards. And, <laughs> um, it, you know, it gets it gets rowdy, and it's uh, it's it's just such a such a cool game. Another another one I'll put in the list with uh, no thanks of like why can't I make so something so simple and wonderful yeah. from my, from my brain. Uh. So. Well, that yeah, that's another one of those that, that we always hear about that we just haven't had a chance to get around to playing. So um, maybe we can find that track that one down at Dice Tower Con to play. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks for that recommendation for your number one yeah. for sharing that. Um, who's next? Well, my number one. You already ha- took it as um, that's Batman Love Letter. Oh, okay. 
Well, and you know, you, uh, Jason, one of the things you mentioned about fillers is, you know, they're really approachable and, and, um, you know, the theme, um, is, you know, people, almost anybody can, can appreciate. And I think, you know, with it being Batman, love definitely, letter, that's, you know, that's DCs. usually how we've even ever introduced it is yeah. eh, it's Batman. <laughs> cool. Yeah. It's a, such a universal thing. It's a, mm-hmm. a little easier than the, you know, the original love letter where you're like, so there's a princess and you're in love with her and <laughs> right. you want to just get close enough. And you're like, what? Like there's too much story involved there. Definitely. Like, all right, like, you know, Batman and Joker are not friends. Uh, so do the thing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. I agree with you 100 because I remember like one of the first tabletop day broadcasts that I ever saw Will Wheaton do. They played this, and he was trying to explain, it and I was like, "Why does this sound so complicated? I don't get it." Mm-hmm. And then when you busted out the Batman love letter, and we played that, and then I finally realized, "Oh, hey, that's pretty much the same game." I was like, "What on earth happened that yeah. I had such a disconnect <laughs> yeah. between the two? I, I still don't understand yeah. why." It's so hard for me to grasp regular yeah. love letter, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Batman love letter is where it's at. All right, and and I'll do my number one. Um, my number one might seem kind of out of left field. Um, is the grizzled, and um, n- not mm-hmm. just the grizzled. I feel like you kind of have to add the expansion at your orders um, for this to be most enjoyable. Um, what I like about the grizzled is it's cooperative. Not many. Um, cooperative filler games that I can think of. Um, and you're, you know, you're trying to survive war and it's really hard. <laughs> um, almost, I mean, our win loss ratio is really bad. Uh, um, in fact, we never won the game until we added in the expansion to it. True, true, And, true. um, you know, this one, this one plays for about, you know, you can play a game for about 30 minutes depending on how poorly you do <laughs> and how bad you lose the war. Um, but I, I, I feel like that it's, it's a really good one to, um, I love cooperative games and so it does cooperative well. Well, I and think. it's pretty simple yeah. to explain to people about, yeah. you don't want the same threats out, three threats out there. Right. So just don't yeah. put them out there or we're all going to hate you. And, like. and the art, <laughs> the artwork is great on it. Um, I love the way it looks and, um, I just, I enjoyed the grizzle every time we play it, even though we lose every time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um it is I, uh it is a game that captures like the feeling of the theme like mm-hmm. so well in a, in a small game like I know like a lot of like people are in RPGs because like you know the storytelling really feels like the game that they're playing you know or mm-hmm. or like the big big like war games they play these giant sprawling games because you know that's what a big war would be like it'd be giant and sprawling right but like this this in a small way like the grizzled makes you feel like oh war is horrible and yeah this is hard and like there are all these things to face yeah uh that was uh, the presentation wise. That game is awesome, and, and you're right. It's I mean for a co-op, it's it's not too difficult, and uh, I mean the art. I mean it's like it's it's a neat one to be able to introduce to people and to play quickly. Yeah, as well. Definitely. All right. Well, um, that was fun. I enjoyed hearing yeah. uh, from you and and Laura. Our, usually we. We sync up quite a bit, but this time we we varied a lot, so mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun. Um, I hope everybody else enjoyed our top fives. We would love to know what your top five or maybe one of your favorite filler games. Um, we'll show you how, tell you how to connect with us here in a little bit, but before we get towards the end of the podcast, we would like to know, we teased everybody else, uh, what is next? What, what you're looking at, Jason, for the future of Green Couch Games? 
Yeah, good stuff. So this <laughs> this summer we'll be um, we'll be at Origins uh, mm-hmm. with our newest releases, um, which is the reprint of uh, Best Treehouse Ever, which it was out of print for just about a year, and that's uh, hitting stores again. And uh, that's been our best-selling game so far, and it's really connected with people in a big way. So we're excited to be able to bring that back out. And then Outlawed, that's Scott, right? Scott Alms. Yeah, Scott Alms. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Who's just been a joy to work with, and uh, I I love that game, and I I love Scott. So it's very cool. Do you, do you know how where like does he have any free time at all? I feel like he's putting out a game every month. I I don't think so. I think he goes I think he goes to work, and then I think he comes home and he makes games. So, like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> but hey. He loves what he does, so that's uh, that's a good way to spend your time, I guess. Cool. Um, so that is uh, that is out now again, and then um, two new releases: Outlawed, which is by Ryan Cowler, the designer of our other game, Jurassic Attack, is a cool Wild West bluffing game, kind of some of that mm. think double think stuff that turns my brain on its head, oh, or wait, my head on yeah. its brain. That's not a thing. People don't say that <laughs> phrase. Turns my brains inside out. I don't know. <laughs> And I can't recover from that, but um, it's a really cool uh, game where you're trying to be the new sh- new sheriff, and um, it's a uh, a quick like ten to fifteen minute experience where you get to lie or not lie and read if other people are lying or not. Um, so really really cool game. Uh, that sounds like fun. That so, sounds right up my alley. Yeah, and in the ant the card the art is amazing. It's by Shaz Young, and he's this uh, this guy from Malaysia. And the uh, the Wild West Outlaws are all like zoo animals. So like Ooh. there's you know a stretch tannin is is one of my favorite pieces of art <laughs> art in the game. He's a giraffe wearing a little like vest, and his head isn't even on the card because his neck took it off the card. So like really really kind of imaginative stuff there. Um, and uh, then Rocky Road a la Mode by Joshua J Mills is just uh, has just come out in stores, and we'll have that at Origins too. And that is uh, a really fun uh, kind of game with the time track aspect of something like Patchwork or uh-huh. Thebes uh, with some set collection and a little bit of engine building. People have kind of often said, like, it's kind of like this great theme of ice cream with, like, similarities to Splendor and uh, and Patchwork. So, um, But ice cream! Yeah. Oh, yeah, but ice cream! Are you kidding I've, me? I've heard really great things about Rocky Road All Mode. I'd love to give that one a try. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you've heard that because that means maybe other people have too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's kind of that that convention. I'll be at the Foam Brain Games booth, which Foam Brain Foam Brain is a, a a retail store and they travel and do like retail at conventions. So I'll kind of be partnering with them for the convention. And then I will have my own booth at the uh, the Family Fun Pavilion in Gen Con. I'll be right uh, next to uh, Kids Table Board Gaming and Game Right Games up kind of by the front of the exhibit hall at Gen Con. And we'll have some demo copies of a couple upcoming games at both conventions. Uh, one, of, one of them is uh, by Daryl Andrews and Adrian Adamskew, who designed Sagrada for Floodgate Games. It's been, been a hit. And this yeah. is a little... I'm doing a little two-player space game uh, called Before the Earth Explodes. I'm so guys. excited about this game. When you, <laughs> when you first announced it, I was like, oh, that sounds so cool. 
Oh, it's it's cool. It's like um, you're you're trying. It's like got some paper rock scissors where you are trying to claim all the glory for being the one who leaves Earth to go and gather the resources <laughs> or find a new home for your dying planet. Like you're trying to do this humanitarian thing, but really you just want to be the one who does it better than everyone else, <laughs> even if you have to destroy the other party who's doing the same thing as you. Yeah, um, I love so that. yeah, the way that you you're, you're trying to get in each other's heads with like uh, I'm gonna play um a which is uh the invade card and a attacks b and b attacks uh c or d and then d attacks a and they all have a special action and you're trying to um either be the first one to deal seven damage to the other player um or reach seven on your technology track or colonize seven planets or kind of hit some some special kind of victory conditions in the ship cards but um really kind of fun um it's a little bit more of a a gamery filler than uh kind of the family games that that i typically have done i wanted to do this game because it was something that would like help me get into a theme that is a little more like gamer oriented mm-hmm. and has a little more depth of play for like what filler would like somebody who's into something like race for the galaxy or something like that want to play. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to be working on that game. Um, the art's coming together. So I'll have prototypes uh, to kind of be able to show off a little bit at origins and Gen Con and hopefully for a late summer Kickstarter with that one. That is awesome. Uh, and then the last thing I, I just I'm gonna just uh, share a little bit about, if that's okay, would be sure. Um, Please do. Talk. Yeah. So best best treehouse ever, Forest of Fun is a new game from Scott Alms that I'm gonna be doing, and it is a standalone game that is a sequel to Best Treehouse Ever. Um, so it has new um, rooms, and it has uh, some special player powers, and it has uh, rules that allow you to combine um, the new game with the original so you can play up to eight players. That's wow. so awesome. So, yeah, yeah, That's super great. cool. So, um, And it has a cool feature where you can have animals in your treehouse now, too. So like, and they, and they score points based on the kind of rooms that they are like perched next to. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it adds some new scoring twists and stuff. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's more of the game that people have really enjoyed, um, with some new twists and uh, a way to play it with even more people. So we're, we're really excited about that one. That one's going to be our first game that comes in a slightly bigger box than what we normally put things in because we want people to be able to uh to put the original inside the box with uh with the new game too thank you so. for thinking of that <laughs> thank you so much yeah i i uh, I'm, I'm a gamer so i know that it's nice when you you know can yeah uh save space the struggle sure. is so. real yeah absolutely so yeah i'm excited we have a good year ahead of us and um I love summertime because it's like I get to go to these big conventions and get to connect with friends and show off new games and kind of get yeah. re-energized about all the creativity and, and new games that I get to kind of play and, and get to share with people. So I'm looking well, forward yeah, to that. It, it definitely sounds like 2017 is going to be an awesome year. I mean, so so far you've had some great releases and you've got some awesome things lined up ahead. So we're, we're definitely excited for y'all. That's That's great. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you guys having me on and like just chatting about stuff that I love. That's that's like a great way to spend an evening, you know. Sure, yeah, I, I've enjoyed. <laughs> the only it. way it would be better is if we got a game in. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we'll make it happen. Um, before we say goodbye, I would like to see if you had any 
you know, contact information or, you know, ways people can maybe follow you, follow the development of your games. How would you, how would you tell someone to, uh, to do that? Absolutely. So we are on Facebook, uh, at green couch, uh, tabletop. We are on Twitter at green couch games. We are, I am also on Twitter at Jason, uh, Kotarski, K O T A R S K I. You can join the 20 minutes of filler group on Facebook. You can visit www.greencouchgames.com. You can, uh, subscribe to the 20 minutes of filler podcast in iTunes. Uh, and I think that just about covers it. I'm on board game cake as J guitar string. <laughs> and uh yeah and that's uh that's where you can get a hold of me awesome well um do you have anything else laura um i don't think so jason anything else any final thoughts um well just thank you again for having me on and for for uh sharing some of your favorites now i've got some games i'm gonna add to my list so i'm excited awesome. about that it goes both ways <laughs> all right well jason thank you so much for joining us and uh, we look forward to seeing uh, those new games you've got coming out and, and the future. And best of luck for the rest of this year. Sounds like it's going to be awesome. Yep. I, I hope so. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jason. And how about that? That was so much fun. That was delightful. Jason, you're welcome on the show anytime. Yeah, he was he was fantastic. Yeah, he's he seems like such a nice person. Um, it was a very, very fun discussion. I love that it was more of a discussion instead of you know, an interview. Oh yeah. And, and I was, I was very, uh, very excited to hear what his, his, his top fillers were <laughs> and definitely gave me some to look for and for us to try. Definitely. So thank you again, Jason, for joining us. Um, now, so he just gave all of his contact info yeah. and we've been talking before this about people contacting us yep. and finding our survey. So I think it's, we need to get in on that, guys. Okay, let's do it. So you can find our survey um, in the show notes at our website at marriedwithbg.com. Mm -hmm. Again, as I mentioned, we've also tweeted the link to it. And so that's on Twitter mm -hmm. at marriedwithbg. It's also on Facebook, facebook.com slash marriedwithbg. Mm -hmm. And it's not really appropriate to put on Instagram since you can't click on links. Isn't that dumb? When, what, why is that a thing? I don't know. That's just a uh Cause I I hate when I look at a picture on there and it says, "Check out the link in my bio." Yeah. Why can't the link be right here? Yeah, they're weird. So. But I mean, I guess we should do that. Yeah, we, we could do that. We can do it. So the thing with the survey is, um, we're going to run it for two weeks. So we will announce the winner in our twentieth episode. Hey, look at that. Yeah, so you're definitely going to want to listen to that to see if you are the winner. Man, so many exciting things happening in episode 20. Yes. New segment, delicious game night grub, winner of a free game. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh man. So, um, in addition to those surveys, you can also leave us a review on iTunes. If you like this show, um, one of the ways that people can find us is through the amount of reviews we get on iTunes. Mm hmm and we would like to read one for you right now because of its awesomeness. Oh, this is just, this touches my heart. Yep. It's so sweet. Okay, I'll just get right into it. Okay, um, so what's the title of this review? It's titled, In Brightest Day, In Blackest Night, No Other Podcast Shines Quite as Bright, from Madame Rest. And or or Madame, I'm going to call you Madame Rest. I hope, I hope you enjoy that. Um, and, and... Madame Rest is just wow. I I am flabbergasted by this, honestly. Um, so 
What's so, it say? All right. Laura and Spinster. Spinster. Are you, Am I a spinster? And you are now. <laughs> <laughs> Laura and Spencer consistently, see, that's why it happened, mm. bring their very best to the table. From their charismatic game reviews to their delicious game night grub recipes, I look forward to the release of each podcast. They are always striving to improve quality and are open and real with their audience. Keep up the good work. Married with Board Games. Wow, I'm blushing. I, wow, I am <laughs> so blown away. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was a wonderful review, and um, we were excited to share it with everybody um, in case they're thinking, oh, maybe I'm the only one that thinks that this is a good podcast. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe if you just want us to say your name on here, oh, yeah. write, a pod- write a review, yeah, and we will we'll, read it. We'll read it. <laughs> So please uh, leave us a review, even if it's not a five-star review, even if you have some criticism, so critiques. Uh, you can do that in the review as well. And hey, then you can go and do it on the survey, too. Get entered in for a free game. Exactly. Win-win. Win. Win. Lots of wins. Yes, it is. Okay, well, I think that's a sign that we're done with this episode, don't you? <laughs> I think you're right. All right, well, if you have nothing else, this has been episode 19 of the Married with Board Games podcast. I'm Spencer. I'm Laura. Thank you so much for listening.